Hey guys, your host, Avery Carl with The Short-Term Shop here. Welcome to our 10 episode deep dive on the Sarasota and Bradenton area, which includes all those fun barrier islands like Anna Maria Island, Siesta Key, really the West Coast of Florida. And if you guys are ready to start buying in this market, email us at agents at theshorttermshop.com and we will connect you with our expert agents in this market. I also wanted to let you know that we have some supplemental materials for you guys available on our website. It's theshorttermshop.com where you can go and you can set up a search and look at properties, see what the purchase prices are in this market currently. And you can save your search so that when a property that hits the market in your price range comes out, we can email you and then you'll know right away. We've also got the AirDNA data, thanks to our friends over at AirDNA, for this market for the past few years to help you gauge what a property should be able to do. We've got a pretty cool calculator on the website also to help you tie everything together. So lots of stuff to help you along your way while you're listening to this podcast or and or if you just want to hang out with us more that's pretty cool because we want to hang out with you too and there's one good place you can do that it is our facebook group same title as my book it's called short-term rental long-term wealth it's just us and 60,000 of our closest friends hanging out talking about short-term rentals sharing best practices and all that stuff so you can join that or if you guys really just want to talk to us directly if you have questions about short-term rentals we have an open office hours call every Thursday, and you can sign up for that at strquestions.com. Now let's get to the episode. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Short Term Show special episode series on the Sarasota and Bradenton markets. Uh, today, got a really cool crew, John and Christina, who you're super familiar with. Uh, Luke, who needs no introduction, but I'll let him introduce himself anyway. We're talking about calendars and pricing today. Luke, introduce yourself. Yes, the Reverend of Real Estate. Uh, I have a podcast called Short-Term Rental Management. I am married to the, one of the biggest real estate agents in history, and uh, I'm super psyched to be here. You, you lovely folks. We were chatting earlier, and I didn't get to say how awesome you guys are, so I just want to say you're awesome. And, right now while the cameras are rolling and uh, it's great to be here talking about this beautiful beach town in the state of florida which is uh, where all four of us are sitting right now awesome thanks so uh luke luke's going to be leading this episode uh with questions i'm just going to be chiming in but luke's going to be the the main who's that game show host that you love that i can't remember his name ever uh, richard Matthew. dawson would be my richard favorite dawson. game show host um yes richard dawson match game well he was a uh, you know, contestant, if you will, on Match Game. Um, and uh, yeah, anyway, early right. family feud. All right. Well, Luke, take it away. Okay, see you, Rose. Calendars and pricing questions. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, I mean, uh, we're, we're, uh, we're on the beach in the middle of Florida, south of Tampa. So you have some very large metro areas involved here, which is, which is nice. Um, not necessarily out in the middle of nowhere. Um, and, uh, I guess, does that, does that come into play? Are people coming in? Uh, you know, I mean, Sarasota is like right there. Um, where, where, where would you say, and I get, I know this is, I'm, I'm off topic here already. It's kind of how I roll, but, um, where, where are most of these folks coming in? So the travelers, the majority of travelers that we have, um, is a little dependent on the season. Um, we have two peak seasons down here in the Sarasota Bradington market. Um, we have a peak season uh, basically between Christmas and Easter. Uh, that's the majority of snowbirds. The majority of our guests at that time of the year usually come from the Midwest, um, Michigan, Ohio, Iowa, Minnesota, um, those those areas. 
And during the summertime, uh, we still get some folks from those areas, but we also get a lot of interstate travelers, um, people from Florida that are just driving over for a long weekend at the beach. Uh, we get people driving in from Georgia, um, but it's it's less out of state uh, in the summertime than it is in the winter. Uh, where are you guys from originally, if you don't mind me asking? Again, off topic, but... Uh... I've been in uh, Bradington since 1994, so I've been here for almost 30 years. Originally, I'm from New York. And was it the beaches that brought you to the area? Uh, it was my parents that brought me to the area. Oh, okay. <laughs> but it might have been the beaches that brought them to the area. Okay. And Christina, where did you grow up? I am originally from Michigan, from Flint, Michigan. Which oh, this makes ago. perfect sense. That's where <laughs> I was going with I knew that that was. So what? how did you end up down here? I ended up down here basically due to weather. I'd been here one other time. I um, got out of school and said, I'm not going to do this unless I do it now. And literally got in my car and drove myself here. So I've been down here since 2000. I landed in Tampa and then we've, we've both, we met in Orlando. So Tampa, Orlando, and then moved back over here to the Bradington area, which is where John came to the parents. Fascinating. Fascinating. Yes, the beach. It'll do it to you every time. It happened to me. As a matter of fact, I met a girl that wanted to live on the beach, and here I am. Uh, never even heard of Florida, quite frankly, being from the Midwest as well. Um, so this this market, just uh, as far as pricing is concerned, this is definitely the heaviest snowbird market we're going to have as far as short-term shop markets. Um I would say, you know, Panama City Beach, again, we're not here to talk about other markets, but it, that is very common in, in that area uh, because there are so many condos there. Um, now, in your area, it seems to be the exception to the rule because uh, from what I understand, you can rent even maybe even a slightly larger home for maybe a little bit longer periods of time and what most people would consider the quote unquote off season. Is that correct? Yes. Um, so in other words, I can rent, I can rent a house, a three bedroom house for three weeks in November. Is that, is that going to go down? Yeah, absolutely. That's definitely an option. Okay. Is that more common than not? Three weeks in November is usually not common now. Okay. Uh, is one, one week in November. That's, that's reasonably common, particularly Thanksgiving week. Okay. And then, um, is the, can I expect the rest of November and December to be fairly empty or will people come in and scoop up those remaining three weeks? Um, November, usually, give or take, you know, will be about 60% occupancy. Um, there's, there's decent demand in November, particularly the week of Thanksgiving, which we'll always book. Once you get into December, the first week, 10 days of December is a little bit slow. Um, but you'll definitely expect to book uh, for Christmas and New Year's. And then does the, the real snowbird action happen? And just trying to get a now a global picture of the 12 month calendar. Um, is January going to be decent? Uh, what, what's an occupancy look like in January, January, February? January, it picks up. Um, January, you know, you could probably expect 75% occupancy. And then February, March, April are your, your you know, three of your peak uh, months out of the year with March being number one. So um, if you're priced correctly, you know, February, March, uh, you should be close to, you know, 100% occupancy. Uh, with the exception of maybe turnover days or something like that. Um, April is also very strong. Um, but again, March is March is number one. You have the snowbirds, you have spring break, uh, you have a lot of demand. I think it's the third week of March this year, which is the, the peak peak week of the entire year for 2024. And I, I assume that's because you're so far south, right? You you are, are much hotter than, say, the Panhandle or even Alabama, of course. Uh, and so uh, 
what what is your weather like in january february uh 60s and 70s mm. for the most part you know basically six months out of the year uh october through easter you know of uh, give or take um you know, uh, it's probably averages, I think, around 73 degrees. Yes, that's why. That That's why we're getting so many people coming. Uh, and, I, and I don't want to make it sound like it's a big, huge rush here in the wintertime. But uh, as opposed to where we we live in, you know, and much expected to be totally empty with the exception of like a small condo uh, and somebody with a lease for three months or something. In uh, most short-term shop markets, you're probably looking at it being fairly empty in the wintertime. So that's definitely something to consider here. In this market, uh, and again, it's completely uh, understandable being related to the weather. Uh, you're not going to get a whole lot of 75. I mean, it's not uncommon, but it's definitely not the norm uh, the Panhandle and Alabama beaches. Um, so that does that does make uh, perfect sense. And are you getting most of those uh, those longer? You know, a two is, is it is it usually longer in February, uh, January, February, or can it be a two or three day stay? Um. It's mostly longer. And, you know, we set our minimum night stay uh, for a longer duration. You know, we, we kind of start with a minimum of a week um, for those times of the year. And, you know, we, we don't do like a, that's our, a Saturday to Saturday requirements like some people do. Um, but usually they'll fill in pretty, pretty good. And then, you know, if there's gaps, if there's orphan dates, you know, we could obviously reduce our minimum night stay to kind of fill those gaps. But they almost always fill in. Are you getting it all from Airbnb and Verbo? We do. Um, and that's a little bit interesting too. Um, during the winter months, the majority of our bookings come from Verbo. And during the summer months, the majority of our bookings come from Airbnb. Not to start the Airbnb versus uh, Verbo conversation for the 2,400 millionth time. Uh, d- d- why do you think that is? It's a different that's type of number, by the way. Uh, in case you were wondering, that's not a real number, but uh, why do you think that is? It's a different type of traveler. Um, you know, in the Winter months, uh, you know, the snowbirds are usually probably a little bit older, um, older in age. You know, the older age group, I think, is more uh, adapt to the VRBO. Um, it's just a different traveler profile who is accustomed to using, you know, VRBO versus the younger traveler profile that I think is more accustomed to using Airbnb. Yeah, I agree. Uh, average uh, average age uh, for a guest on Airbnb is 34. Average age for a guest on Verbo is supposedly 47. I don't know if I believe that because that would put me in that pretty close to that category. And I deal with my Verbo guests on a daily basis and I'm thinking, I don't think so. But well, just to, you know, you're proving the point here that uh, that's the type of person, and you know, maybe somebody who's a little bit older and more mature in life, uh, maybe has uh, their reaching kind of more towards retirement. Uh, they're going to be the ones that are available. It's just common sense to to go away for two to three months uh, in the winter time when everybody else has to work. So, um, does make perfect sense. Uh, again, Airbnb versus Verbo, uh, a lengthy conversation. I have had uh, several chats about that. I'm, I'm going to plug my podcast again, Avery Short-Term Rental Management, um, and we've done that on Facebook uh, many times as well on the Short-Term Shop uh, uh, YouTube channel. So does it ever, uh, would you say March is when it kind of evens out into just being regular old vacations, uh, three, four night, five night stays, or does it always stay kind of a little bit longer? Um, it usually that, that that stay usually drops. Um, you know, we have the peak in March. Uh, April is very good. May is where it starts to slow down. We see a big dip dip in May. Uh, usually, that's when like the snowbirds go home after Easter. 
Um, it's not a huge dip, but it's definitely a valley. Um, and then it picks back up in June and July. And June and July is where, you know, we'll start seeing uh, shorter stays uh, for people just coming for a long, you know, weekend or a couple of days at the beach. Those are the summer vacations when, you know, the kids are out of school, you're taking taking the kids to the beach for a couple of days. Um, again, a totally different traveler profile than, you know, what you were seeing a few months before um, in February, March. There's a big difference between all our other vacation market, our other beach markets, because, uh they really do kind of shut down uh, in slow season. You know, I can expect my beach, my beach property, left hand corner of Florida, and I can expect those to be vacant. I mean, like pretty much, you know, I'm having to send the cleaner every three or four weeks to clean up the dead bugs, right, uh, in the winter time. So that's definitely a big change for you. But do you have any? Uh, as we're, I guess we're inadvertently rounding the corner of the summertime into slightly fall there would you say there is there a time of year where it's going to be dead um or is it never dead um september is our slowest month so after the kids start going back to school in august uh you know things definitely slow down in september um so i always tell all of my owners or you know hosts um if you'd have any kind of major renovations, any kind of major updates, any kind of, you know, maintenance you want to do to the property. That's more than just, you know, stuff you can fit in between guest stays. Always plan it for September. Very interesting. Now, that's not uncommon. Most markets are going to be fairly slow in September due to the back to school. Um, but for that to be your um, absolute slowest uh, season, I guess anything where you're at equator wise and, and lower, that does make sense. Like the keys, obviously, that's not really all that short term rental friendly, but they get a lot of action in the uh, in the winter time, so uh, makes perfect sense there. So September, August is just what? Where's that? Do a July. July, July is July is like a peak, you know, after the winter months. So you know, you have that peak in July, and then it just starts slowing down in August. Uh, the beginning of August is usually pretty good. Towards the middle, and you know, as you go further and further through the month of August, it slows down more and more. Absolutely, and then September is crickets. For the most part, uh, not necessarily crickets, you know, maybe 25 percent occupancy on average or something like that. Uh, you know, sometimes you can get a good reservation or two in um, for people that aren't coming uh, for, you know, a vacation. For example, I got a two week stay for somebody who's coming to work at the airport um, at one of my properties right now. So, you know, there's still opportunities to get travelers, but it's not necessarily the vacation traveler that you know, you're targeting. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. And then October, just rounding out the year, because for some reason, I think we started in November. I don't know how that happened, uh, but let's round out the uh, 12th month there in that calendar that we just made a wacky calendar. But uh, what's uh, what's uh, October look like in general? October is probably 50%. You know, October, uh, it starts to cool off a little bit up north. Um, some people still want to be able to enjoy the warmer weather down here. Um can't necessarily say one reason or the other, but October, it does start to pick back up, um, you know, after the slow September. Okay, Christina, I'm going to make you talk. Would you say that, um, would you say that, uh, wh where do we land as far as uh, weekends versus weekdays and popularity and can I get weekdays booked, etc.? Yeah, I definitely think you can get weekdays booked. I mean, in those slower months, you know, coming out of September into October, we do see more, you know, weekends, long weekends that are getting booked. Okay. Um, but uh, can I have an empty Monday and Tuesday? Or if I work my rear end off, can I get those booked? Uh, if I'm 
hustling? I think so. I think for the most part, you can get them booked. Not saying every Monday and Tuesday, but you can definitely get some of the Monday, Tuesdays booked. Depends on the time of year, obviously. That's a huge factor. We're dealing with a 365-year calendar here. Um, Okay. Uh, Let's talk about larger properties versus smaller properties. Um, uh, Just give me your, I guess, your your thoughts on that in general in your market. Um, In our market, you know, the the old phrase of bigger is better does hold true. Um, oh. You're definitely going to cash flow and make a lot more revenue. Uh, cash flow better, make a lot more revenue with a larger property. Um, you know, even in the winter months when, you know, we're talking snowbirds, uh, there's also the, the people coming for winter break um, with larger groups of guests. So, you know, throughout the year, the larger properties, you know, do do better. Um, is there something to be said for legacy properties here? Is, is there a lot of that going on where the, there's a lot of people that are madly in love with this area and maybe cash flow is not their first uh, priority and they just want to have something to share with the family? Those properties are, you know, primarily the lifestyle purchases that we've talked about in previous episodes that are on the barrier islands. You know, they're a place on the beach, you know, um, but not necessarily the best cash flow, uh, you know, solution that, you know, we could offer in this market. So, you know, Anamaria Island, Siesta Key, uh, those areas are, are definitely more of the lifestyle purchase, um, you know, than the, than the areas that are just slightly um, off the island on, on the mainland. Have any opinions on whether a single family home versus a condo may or may not have higher or lower occupancy? Um, as far as occupancy, um, I, I, I guess I'd rather speak to revenue um, and, you know, return on investment than occupancy. And, you know, for the most part, condos, you know, in this market are kind of break-even investments. Um, you know, there they go with that lifestyle purchase of even a single family home on the Barry Islands of Siesta and Anna Maria. There's occupancy, you know, there's a lot of demand for them in the snowbird months. Um, but, you know, during the summer months, people usually are bringing their families. So a one bedroom condo or a two bedroom condo isn't as in demand as a you know single family home with a pool. Yeah, And also here, like condos off the beach, majority of them are HOAs where you can't rent. So and you're kind of falling back to the island where it's more of a luxury or lifestyle purchase. So not as common as other areas where you can definitely rent and make money. But I mean, there's nothing uh-huh. wrong with that, right? Like let's say my family just wants to buy a condo yeah. on the beach and uh, my, you know, uh, the house husband can run the property from Verbo and that kind of thing. And, uh, and they can go there whenever they want. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. No, absolutely not. You know, we, we definitely have those types of, of customers as well. You know, they want their house on the beach so they can use it a couple of weeks out of the year. Beyond that, you know, it'll pay for itself. Um, and you know, you could have a beautiful place to enjoy, uh, but it's, it's just not going to be the place that, you know, you could retire off the revenue from. Right. It's kind of like a boat, but (laughs) difficult on the wallet. Uh, don't drive that thing off the lot, but, um, okay. What about, um, lead time? Uh, what do we, did you, I mean, a lot of, a lot of markets, obviously we're noticing less lead time 23 than, than ever before. Um, uh, what, what would you you have a speech for me on that topic? Just like other markets, lead time has, you know, shrunk for the most part. Um, lead time for the uh, winter months, you know, for February, March, April um, is still much larger than it is for the summer months. You know, for the winter months, people can book those 12 months in advance. Um, you know, we'll see people who are checking out, you know, in February or March, you know, wanting to uh, rebook, you know, as soon as they leave or while they're still there. And, you know, with a 12 month rolling calendar, they obviously 
can't book, you know, for the week they're there, you know, um, and they haven't checked out yet. So we, we definitely see a longer lead time in the winter months. Uh, for June and July, you know, those reservations are normally made uh, February and March. So maybe about 90 days out, 60 to 90 days out. Um, and then it usually slows down for a little bit and then it'll pick back up uh, maybe a month prior to um, the check-in date. So we'll see a peak demand 60 to 90 days out and then it'll slow down and then it'll pick back up as those dates come closer. Are you using price labs for all of this? Of course. Yeah. Um, I'm brand new. I've never heard of price labs. Uh, give me a rundown on uh, how you would uh, handle that as far as base uh, min max prices and, and, uh, and adjusting um, minimum nice days, et cetera. So price labs is a dynamic pricing tool um, that has an extremely large amount of power. Um, there's a lot of customizations that you can do in there to, you know, uh, adjust the things like you're saying. Normally, uh, we set our minimum night stay for over 120 days out to seven nights. Um, between 90 days and 120 days, I think we reduced that to five nights. Um, between 90 days and 30 days, we just reduced that down to four nights. And then 30 days or less, we adjust that down to three nights. Um, one thing that we do, which you kind of touched on before, is we try to protect our weekends and sell our Mondays and Tuesdays. So we have um, premiums that we charge for our weekend nights and discounts that we give for our weekday nights. So for example, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night, I might boost 10, 10% over what price I was recommends, but Monday night, Tuesday night, and possibly even Wednesday night, I might reduce it by five to 10% over what price I recommends. And I do that because I know my, my weekends are gonna book um, a lot of these times of the year but I'm trying to sell those Monday, Tuesdays, uh, you know, like we were talking about before. So I'll, I'll discount those a little bit to try to get people to either choose those dates for their holidays or, or, you know, extend their stay throughout those days. Um, just to try to keep the calendar full. Yes. Uh, and for those that don't know, price labs, uh, there's, there's other options. There's a wheelhouse beyond pricing, but most, most folks in this business, for whatever reason, um, use price labs and just because it's awesome, you know, and uh, you can do all of that. You can set the price that we price is higher on price labs than the weekdays and all, all, all sorts of stuff. Of course, the biggest thing there again with price labs is uh, don't, don't, don't become dormant. You have to completely, you know, you gotta, you gotta change things around uh, often. Price labs does have their own YouTube channel. I hate to say this price labs, but your YouTubes are really boring, um, but uh, th they are there and they're useful. Uh, and of course, uh, pricing does get brought up in this business uh, quite often. I talk about it all the time on my podcast, which is called Short-Term Rental Management. I'd love to have you check that one out if you haven't heard of that one. Uh, my third plug on that, I think, if anybody's counting. Um, but um, just, you know, all that to be said, you know, interested in having your own Airbnb, quote unquote, um, there's a lot of tools out there that will, you know, for the most part, handle a lot of that stuff for you. And when I say that, I don't want anybody, you know, if you're brand new to real estate, never heard any of this stuff ever, none of it is said it and forget it, right? You got to get in there and you're a property manager, you know, and that, but that being said, it's, it can be fun for the right candidate. Uh, make sure you do some, some, spend some time on YouTube, know what you're getting yourself into, um, like buying a camera. Do you want a little point and shoot camera that you just take a picture and go? Uh, why do you even need that if you have a cell phone? 
or do you want like a big, awesome $6,000 camera that's going to take you a whole lot of research to, to, uh, to figure out how it works, you know? Um, uh, I don't know if that's the exact analogy I was looking for, but if you're going to do this and you want to have your own quote unquote, um, you know, Airbnb vacation home can totally be done. It's actually, again, I hate even saying this, but it's, it's fun. It is. I, I enjoy it. Uh, now, I don't enjoy it when my guests are crapping all over me, which does happen. But you, then you get the guests that um, uh, propose marriage in your house and they send you a picture of the ring. And that is awesome. You know, stuff like that. And of course, then you get to take your own family there um, and use it. Avery, what am I missing here? I feel like we've, we've covered, a, a, I mean, basically the entire calendar year for one thing. Um. Yeah. So maximum night stay minimum like what are the normal just regular high season number of night stays that you see and at what point do we need to start lowering prices if things aren't getting booked up for the high times that's a good question how far how far how long do you wait until a july night doesn't get booked before you'll kind of you know put it on sale um for july i'll usually start discounting it about two weeks out um for you know february march april um probably about the same um yeah okay two weeks i think i agree with that um two maybe three yeah maybe three uh because then you start getting on too a little, little bit too close in those desirable which and, and again john it's not common that you're going to get that close to a july night and not be available that's very uncommon uh, of course, you do need to keep in mind that and now we're getting deep into the management side of things there, even like with a Christmas night or a, or Fourth of July. If you wait too long, you're only getting you're getting somebody who didn't really have any choices and they may not, you know, have picked your home if there were a thousand other platforms. So there is a sweet spot there with your prices for sure. Um, but Avery, I think we've got a, a great sample size of uh, what the market looks like. Uh, we didn't really go over. You already, I know you already did numbers. So, um, uh, what else? Uh, I, I think we're good, right? I, uh, yeah, I feel I think, confident with. Yep, got everything. Uh, just any general advice for calendars and or pricing? Uh, always use Price Labs, guys. You can't roll without Price Labs. Um, so I think that's it. And, uh, guys, if you are just want to learn more about short-term rentals with us, there's a few ways you can do that. A few ways you can access all of us. Uh, one way is to join our Facebook group. Same title as my book called short-term rental, long-term wealth. Another way is to join one of our weekly Thursday live Q and a calls with myself and Luke. You can sign up for those at strquestions.com. Or if you're ready to just jump straight in and buy in this market with John and Christina, you can email us at agents at the short-term shop.com and we will get you connected. Thanks everybody.